0: Praise God. All right. Um, I don't think I can overemphasize really how much it's important to cross over in the house of God. There are a number of things that the world has normalized, and they shouldn't be our norm. I don't know if we're, we're together. What the world has termed as normal shouldn't be something that we should term as normal as believers. What we should normalize is what the scriptures have said and what the Spirit of God has whispered unto us. I don't know if you are following. The reason I'm saying that is because as much as it is exciting to cross over into a new year, the excitement shouldn't exceed the importance of receiving a prophetic word for the year. You understand, right? As excited as we may get, and we are allowed to be excited. We are allowed to jump, to dance, do all the fireworks, and everything else. But the most important thing that you should ever get when you're going into any different season you're about to enter is you must get a word from God. One time in the scriptures, uh, the centurion, you remember that story, right? Those who read your Bible the story of the centurion who had his servant who was sick. And Jesus was willing to go to his house, but the centurion says, you don't need to come to my house, just speak a word and my servant will be healed. And the Bible records that Jesus was, was marveled at the level of faith that man had. And the reason is very simple. The man understood that if Jesus could speak a word, he didn't have to be there physically. If Jesus could speak a word, it was enough. You understand, right? Just like the woman with an issue of blood. She didn't have she, she wasn't looking for Jesus to lay hands. She knew if I could just touch the home of his garment and everything would be fine. I, 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 are you listening? So it's very important to be in the place where the Lord is speaking and where you receive your word that you will run with for the year. Praise God. All right. I remember at the beginning of the year We came from crossover, eh? Because for me, this this year started on a very crazy note. I don't know about you. Started on a very, very crazy note. So I'll give you a little bit of something that happened to me at the beginning of the year. So at the start of the year, I remember, I think about a week after the crossover. And you know how when you're entering a new year, there's a lot of enthusiasm, excitement and everything, eh? So I think a week after the crossover, let's just say I found myself in a situation where I no longer had a place to stay. And it was a very, very crazy period because now you're the pastor. <laughs> and now you don't have and you're wondering exactly how everything is going to go about. Do you know what I held on to? The things God taught me. That's what I held on to. And I'll tell you this. Throughout the whole period when everything was was happening, I took a step of faith. I won't tell you what I did. But I took a step of faith and did a few things here and there. And the rest is history. You know, we are here now. Yeah. Um, but the point generally is the things that God said are the things that I saw happen in my life. You understand, right? And I know some of you may say, oh, but for me, God never spoke to me and whatnot." I'm not talking about the things God came and whispered to me in my ears and told me this will happen. I'm talking about the things I saw in the scriptures. I read my Bible, I saw certain things I read with them. Because for me when I see something in the Bible, God has, said it, has spoken to me directly. You understand, right? My, when my Bible is open, it means God is talking. When my Bible is closed, it means that the Lord has just kept quiet. <laughs> so how often is God talking to you during the week? <laughs> I'm not talking about this devotion because when I, when I am I know some of you at my apps bring you to, to my daily scriptures and you read about how God is crossed to broken hearted in like, oh my Lord is crossed to me. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So you need to take the word of God personal. Amen. Okay. John chapter number 8 verse 32. John chapter number 8 verse 32, if you are there, say glory. You can see people that Bible saying glory. <laughs> I believe we all know the scripture. Right? said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, if you have a, a version that says the truth shall set you free, it's a wrong one already. Because the Bible says the truth shall make you free, not set you free like a lot of people have grown up knowing. And the reason why the difference between make you free and set you free is important is because you were already set free on the cross when Jesus rose from the dead. I don't know if you understand. Now, I'm not going to go into all those all those technicalities and t- the complex explanations, but this is something very beautiful because the Bible is, is showing us a beautiful revelation here. Number one, it doesn't say the truth shall make you free. It says you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? You shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? That means the truth you don't know can make you free. Are we together. What that means is if there is a truth that exists in the mind of God and in the heart of God, but you don't know it, you can't walk in that liberty. There's a time I remember teaching, I explained something quite important here. I taught something to say the love of God isn't enough, remember that. I taught to say, just because God loves you doesn't mean you experience certain blessings in your life. Just because God loves you doesn't mean you experience healing. Just because God loves you doesn't mean you experience a breakthrough. I hear a lot of people say, oh me, God loves me, this can happen to me. Well, it can happen to you. Because God loves those that you think those things happen to you understand? Yeah. Me, God loves me. I can't fail the exam. Well, those who failed, God loves them as well. <laughs> In fact, he loves them the same way he loves you. Yeah. Together. Though no, me, God loves me. This can't happen. See, the love of God alone isn't enough because, <laughs> me, God loves me. This way, I haven't been sick, I said anyway. Well, those who are who are sick the way God doesn't love them he does but the difference is faith and i'm not teaching about faith today so the bible says you shall you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free So what that means is the truth you know is what sets you free or what makes you free the truth you don't know can never make you free so until you know the truth you can never be free that means if you need to be free from the bondage of sin you ought to acquire the truth if you need to be free from the bondage of sickness you need to acquire the truth that means if there are certain things that are persisting in your life you have to ask yourself as a believer what truth haven't i known what truth haven't i known if there are certain things that you keep experiencing over and over again, and you know that they are contrary to the Word of God, to the Scriptures, and to the doings of Christ. If there are certain things that have been persisting, the question is, what truth haven't you known? Because the Bible says, the truth shall make you free. And also, this simply means, if there is anyone bound, what sets them free is the truth of God's Word. Let me explain. There's a Scripture. I think that's 2 Timothy 2, verse 25. 2 Timothy 2, verse 25. I'm reading from the King James today. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 25. It says, in meekness, that means in humility, it says, instructing those that oppose themselves. You know what the Bible is talking about? It's talking about those who live in opposition to the truth that God has declared about them. Let me explain that. For example, You've seen the truth of God's word, that you have eternal life, right? You've seen it, right? You've heard about it, right? But then the question is, how can the one who has eternal life confess sickness in their body? That means what they are saying is in opposition to what God has said about them. That means there are people who say what God hasn't said, and it's the truth they've believed about themselves. So it means it's correcting those. It means if we find a believer who is saying, "Ah, ah, this first season we're all (laughs) broke," sir, you and who? (laughs) You and who? Are you listening? Correcting those, and then he says, <laughs> he goes on to say, <laughs> if God, peradventer, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. otherwise, other God will give them to acknowledge the truth, to acknowledge what God has said, not what's going on around them. Now they are acknowledging the realities of God. Ask your neighbor, what have you acknowledged? Ask them, let them answer, what have, they, what have you acknowledged? <laughs> Very important question. And now, when we talk about, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, when we talk about knowing the truth, you see, I remember when I heard, before I even read this scripture, I first heard it from a lot of people. You know what I mean, right? When your parents are about to beat you, you shall know the truth. The, the truth is what sets you free, my son. Just say, tell me the truth. <laughs> They're trying to give, trip you, <laughs> you know, quoting scripture for you. You know what I mean, right? The truth is what sets you free. Now, when I read it, when I read the scripture the first time, it didn't hit as much as it hit when I went into meditation for it some years back. Because I want you to think about it. Two believers who hear the same message of the gospel, right together? Two believers who hear the same message of the gospel. Oh, I'll give you an example in the scriptures. Remember the story of Caleb and Joshua? Remember that, right? They were sent to spy into the foreign land, the land where they were supposed to go to, right? And then now, others came with a testimony that they were giants in that land. And they said, we were like grasshoppers before them. And then Caleb and Joshua, on the other hand, had a different mentality. For them, they said, we were all able. Now, didn't they all see the miracles of God at the same time? Didn't they all see the power of God at the same time? They did. That means you can all experience the same presence of God but get different things. You understand, right? I want you to think about it this way Jesus is walking. Perhaps there were many people who were sick. How many people were touching Jesus? Not yet nothing changed. It's a woman with an issue of blood touched him and something changed. What was so different about her? Her touch was with faith anyone could have touched him nothing would have happened you could have even gotten the clothes themselves and put them on their boards nothing would have changed (laughs) you understand right the point is when you come in the house of god and you're listening to the truth of god's word the truth that makes you free is the truth you know now it's not the truth you hear it's the truth you know it means you can hear the truth but the question is have you known it You can sit under the you can sit under the teachings like you're listening to me now and hear the truth concerning your health and yet still go back and you're still sick in your body. But the question is, when you know it, when you know the truth, liberty has come. And the truth and knowing there, it talks simply referring to the in where you interact with the knowledge. It's not just knowing, oh no, yes, I, I know what the Bible says. I know. You see, even the Pharisees knew they knew the scriptures, but did it work for them? It didn't work for them, right? No, it didn't work for them. But there's a different kind of knowledge where you get to know the scriptures a certain way. Where you get to interact with the scriptures a certain way. Where they become a part of you. see, there comes a point where if you get a glass of water, all right, you get a glass of water and you fill it up and you drop an ice cube there. You see, both water, right, just in different forms. There comes a point where the ice cube will melt right? it, it will mingle with, with, with the liquid. in such a way that you become one? Are you together? You can mingle with the Word of God in such a way that you become one with the Word of God a certain way. Jesus was the walking Word of God on the earth. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was? So the Bible says in John 1, right? The Bible says the Word became flesh. That's what John 1 verse 14, right? The Word of God became flesh. In other words, as Jesus was walking, the Word of God was walking on the streets. And that's why even when the woman touched, the woman of the age of blood touched the home of his garment, she was simply touching the word. You didn't get it. Mm. And when the Bible calls you a living epistle, the Bible calls you a living epistle. You know what an epistle is? A letter. Paul wrote letters to the churches and those letters became scripture. God has written a letter on the earth and that's you. That's what it means when the Bible calls you an, 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 an epistle. I'll get you that teaching properly at another time. But you need to interact with the scriptures in certain way. You have to know the truth in certain way. Where you do, you, you don't oppose what God has said. Your life, your thoughts, everything about you is not in opposition to what God has said. You allied everything to what God has said. <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, have you known the truth? Have you known what God has said? You see, that's why sometimes when someone will come and say, "Pastor, I'm asking for prayer for something." You see, there are times when we have to ask a question: What has God said concerning this situation? Because if you don't know what God has said, we can pray for you; you'll be healed. Yeah, you. The following week you'll be sick again, and you'll come back. But when you know the truth, guess what happens? When you know it and you know it, even when sickness attacks in the middle of that, you don't call, you don't pick up a phone and say, "Let me call Pastor." You kick it out to yourself in the name of Jesus out of my body and it will, it will obey because you've learned something that others people don't know how together there was a time i remember i think i should have been in grade 12 or that's my gap here somewhere there there were people who were casting out devils and they found the challenging to cast out devils and when and, and whatnot and they called us and say <laughs> people are getting beaten by the manifestations and whatnot, and when we went there on my way, you know what I was thinking about? In my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name, you shall cast that's what Jesus said. He said, In my name, you shall cast out devils. Lord, you told me in my name because He told me when He said it in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if He was talking to you, but, but for me, I was actually the audience He was talking to. You understand, right? And He says, In my name, you shall cast out devils. When we went there, with the ease with which we cast out those devils him in, in the name was, go. And they went mm-hmm. out of that young man, freed you today. Mm-hmm. You see, you can interact with the scripture. You get to do what the scripture says you can do. I can do all things so Christ who strengthens me. That's what he said. And because he said it, you believe it. You declare, I can do all things. In the name of Jesus, I can never fail. In the name of, as in you declare it, you interact with it. You see, that's the knowledge that sets you free. It makes you free from everything else. Everything else around you, it makes you free. Are you listening? Yeah, Paul said something very interesting in the book of Galatians. He says, when we were still children, we were in bondage to the elements of this world. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. But let's get into the Word of God. Are you enjoying the Word of God? Yeah, so you have to interact with the Word of God. Interact with it. That means before you sleep, you're interacting with see, That time before sleeping, it's not time for you to overthink. You understand, right? It's not not time for you to think about everything you're going through. It's not time for all those things. It's it's time to interact with with the scriptures. What has God said? What has God said? Oh Lord, I choose to believe what you've said. I choose to believe your word. I choose to believe your word. If God said dominion, that means it's dominion for you. That's what you should believe. How together? If God calls you healthy, you call yourself healthy. One of the things that I strived to do this year was to get more of the word of God in my system. I was very intentional about it. I had to get the word of God in my system. I had to get it in my system. Because the Bible says something very interesting. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You know what I got from that? The Bible says the word of God lives and abides forever. That means if I can get the word of God in my system, I have got an eternity in my system. You did not hear me. It means if the word of God lives forever, it means it can't die. It means it can't die. Do you believe what Jesus said? (laughs) No, you don't believe it. There was a time, I think it was this month, actually. No, this month or last month. I was in prayer. And the Lord asked me this question. He said, do you believe what I said? And then I said, yes, Lord. And then he told me, there's a scripture you've never seen. I was like, which one? Let me see if I can find it. I didn't write it down. But he took me to it. it should be John, again. If I can't find it, mwalanjevelaku. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Close eh? He took me to it. It was in the middle of the night. He took me to it and he said, because he asked me a question, he said, Do you believe what I said? I said, Yes. And then he says, There's a scripture you've never seen. And once you read it, I want you to answer the question again if you believe. Can I show it to you? And I can tell you, most of you have never seen it, but it's in your Bible. (laughs) John chapter number eight. Are you there? John 8. I want everyone to have a Bible. If you, if you don't have a Bible, look at the neighbor's Bible so that you believe what what, what the scripture says here. Are you in John chapter number 8? Go to verse 51. We'll read it at the same time. So don't read it on your own. One, two, three, go. <laughs> uh-huh. Read it again. <laughs> Have you ever seen that in the scriptures? (laughs) I read that and they asked me again, do you believe what I said? It says, if a man keeps my word, she'll never see death. You know, the first question I asked him, I said, but those who've lived and they've seen death, they never believed your word? Show me another scripture which I will not get into right now. (laughs) Yeah, am I am I provoking something? <laughs> so the Bible says that means death is avoidable, <laughs> according to Jesus. According to me, <laughs> it means avoidable. You know what that means? It means there is nothing like one day just out of nowhere you've just woken up in heaven. No, I died. For here. (laughs) Or maybe for the unbeliever. (laughs) Let's read that scripture again. Maybe maybe we guess it didn't see it. John chapter number eight, verse 51. One, two, three, go. Uh Uh Uh-huh. You shall never see it. Never. That means you will never come face to face with death. (laughs) But that's for you to believe or not. (laughs) There are certain truths that are higher than others. <laughs> See, even in the Bible, in Genesis chapter number one, the Bible talks about God creating a greater light and a lesser light. Read Genesis chapter number one, right? One of the interpretations you can get from that is that even in revelations, there are greater revelations, there are lesser revelations. You choose to where you dwell. Now, you choose where you dwell. You understand, right? Yeah. yeah we, 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 we live in a different class. <laughs> Yes, we live and operate in different. I think we function by a different set of rules. When you see something in the scripture, it should excite you. You should be excited what you see in the scriptures. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? It? The Bible say it? And that's something you must know about yourself. What does God say concerning your finances? Before you sit down and say no, no, but for me everything, everything is a mess. Before you see the mess, have you seen what God has said? What has God said concerning your health, concerning your body? He calls you his temple. You know what that means? It means you're God's house. It means if man is going to look in the earth and look for God, he has to come see you first. As that, I don't know if you understand. Do you know what I call myself? I don't know about you, but for me, I, I, because of what I've seen in the scripture, I say the believer is the headquarters of God on the earth. And I personalize it. Say for me, I am. Yeah. It means God lives in me. There are people who, if we take them to a church, a church building, right, believers, if we take them to a church building, even if, let's say, there are people who smoke and drink, in there they will not do it. They'll be like in this house of God, they'll behave themselves. But imagine if they respected their body that same way. <laughs> imagine if they are walking, say, I'm a living temple. I'm a walking temple. I walk and I take the praise of God in a room. In other words, the building is empty without me. We take God's presence in a, in a room. I am God's temple. God lives in me. In every fiber of my being, God is in my liver. He's in my lungs. He's in my veins. <laughs> I don't know if you understand. He's everywhere. Every part of me. I am filled with God. He says, Of His fullness have we received. It means the totality of God, the fullness of God. You see, a lot of believers admire ad- admire the old saints. You admire people like Jeremiah, admire people like Isaiah, everyone. See, those guys had the spirit in a measure. Solomon could not operate in the spirit of might like Samson could. You understand, you understand right? They had the spirit in a measure, but for we have received the spirit in his totality, not in parts, not in just slight manifestation. No, we have the spirit of God in his totality, in, in, in his fullness. The Bible talks about Jesus. Says, it says, it pleased the Father that the Godhead should dwell in him. So the Bible says in Colossians chapter, chapter number 2, verse 9, it says it pleased the Father that the Godhead should dwell in him. In other words, the totality of the Father was dwelling in Jesus. And guess what he said next? says, you are complete in him. I am not That means we don't tell human beings, you complete me. I am complete in him. No, I am complete in him. No human being completes me. I go complete wherever I go. <laughs> are you listening? So don't get tough to say things that are biblical. I scriptural things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Say I'm the temple of the living God. Say it with faith. Say I'm the temple of the living God. God lives in me. God lives in me. In every fibre of my being. He lives in me. I manifest his presence everywhere I go. Yes. <laughs> we live in a different light. Yeah. He says I'm the light of the world. You now what he said in Matthew chapter number five, right? It says I'm the light of the world. That means if I step a in place in this darkness, light has appeared. God light up this place. No, I'm the light of the world. It means if God wants to light up a nation, it places a believer. That means Zambia is bright. Because you are here, it means it's shining in the realm of the Spirit. God is seeing lights. Doesn't the Bible call God the Father of lights? <laughs> yes. So the Bible calls him, this is the truth that makes you free. <laughs> This is the truth. When you know it, it makes you free. It makes you free from depression. How can I be depressed? I'm the light of the world. How can I be down? I'm the light of the world. Depression has no place in me, not in my mind. I can't live in depression. I'm the light of the world. I'm a city on a hill. I can't live a low light. I'm a, I'm, I'm a city on a hill. God has put me above for everyone to see. This is not motivational talk, this is the word of God being delivered to you. <laughs> are you listening? I'm a city on a hill. <laughs> a city on a hill. In other words, you can't be hidden. <laughs> you can't be hidden. How come they always choose me in class, you are a city on a hill? <laughs> How come this always happens? I mean, I mean you, 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 you know it, right? When you start working in a working environment, you are a city on a hill. You are noticeable everywhere, As see. You, you can't help it, but it not be noticeable. Me, I'm always in the spotlight. Wow, what do you expect? The Bible says, oh. <laughs> you are a city on a hill. Yeah. Right. Hey. Me, they notice me everywhere, you are a city on a hill. You see, when a city is on a hill, everyone sees it. There is something about that one. There's no business you can start, which can be small. No, it's not possible. And I told you, if I'm pastoring you, you can't be small. I told you already. It's not possible. If, you, if, you, if you're small, then it's your decision. You've chosen to be small. I want you to think about it. God is big. How can he give birth to a small destiny? That. No, he's big, He is great. How can he bring forth a small destiny in the world? He has, as big as he is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Know the word of God. Know God's truth about you. Interact with God's truth about you. Meditate on it. Meditate on it sometimes, just sit and sometimes stand, dance. Just think about how blessed you are. Not because, see, some people realize they are blessed when someone sends the mekaya to man, but you see, even before anything of that nature comes along, are you able to dance? There, I'm blessed. I am blessed. Think about I am blessed. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, go to your family. You guys are blessed to have me. <laughs> you understand, you guys are blessed to have me. You don't realize what you have. <laughs> you understand, right? Go to talk to your friends. You guys, you guys are blessed. You, you don't know what you have. <laughs> yes. You realize it. I mean, you, 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 you think differently. Not because of what you have around you. Are you listening to me? Yeah. You declare I am full of favor. Jesus grew in favor with man and with God. You declare, I'm like Jesus in this world. I, I, I grow in favor. I am favored by man. I'm favored by God. Yes. People can't help it, but, but help them. Because what? Favor. Say truth about yourself. Say truth about yourself. You let this truth sink in. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says something very important in 1 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 4. Who Hallelujah, Hallelujah, First Timothy two, verse four. The Bible says, Who will have all men be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? In other words, God is saying they are saying he desires for all men to be saved. In other words, God never predestined any man to go to hell. God never predestined any man to live in sin. says he desires for all men to be saved, but he says, and also they may come into the knowledge of the truth. That means salvation alone is not enough. If you're going to live the Christian life on the earth, it's not enough to just be saved. There are certain people who just live with, ah, I'm born again. I am born again, No, oh, I'm born. No, but you must come to the knowledge of the truth. Have you received the knowledge of the truth? And that's what we must bring every believer into, and that's our mission in this world. We bring men to the knowledge of the truth. We introduce men to who they are in Christ. Can I tell you something? Jesus taught something, and believers have taken it, and maybe I mean, I mean destroy what you have known. Jesus taught about dying to self and carrying a cross, right? Do you know that that's not applicable to the believer? The believer doesn't need to die to self. The believer needs to be awakened to self. Maybe you didn't get it. <laughs> you see, the reason why believers we get to it is because they think their carnal desires are them. So now you are saying, I need to die to self. Is that, your, is that your nature? You have ungodly desires, you need to die to self. Is that your nature? <laughs> ah, oh. The believers to be awakened to the righteousness of God. When they awaken to self, they get to live the Christian life. <laughs> <laughs> How do you need to die to self? I need to die to self pride. That's not self. Sort me. All that I am is in Christ. All that I have is in Christ. I don't need to die to self. So don't don't identify anything that you are still growing, you are growing out of as self. Don't identify it as self. Identify righteousness as self. Identify glory as self. You awaken yourself to what God has said. Praise the Lord. Yeah. There's another ungodly prayer I've heard. Less of me, more of you. Useless prayer, another one. I don't want to get into (laughs) it. Praise God. Yeah. (laughs) God wants more of you. What do you mean? What are you praying for? God wants more of you. (laughs) Because he sees you in Christ. He wants more of you to shine to the rest of the world. Not me, Lord, but you. It sounds sounds like a very humble thing to say. But you don't see the apostles praying those prayers. No, you don't. Some prayers, which sound very humble, it's just just ignorance. Others, it's pride. They're proud. Someone you even know you're great. (laughs) Ah, not my circle. Why can't you declare your greatness? Right, no, sprite. it's, pride. Uh-huh. it's pride. You are academically brilliant. Someone goes, I don't want not You even know you're smart. So why don't you just accept, yes, me, I'm smart. <laughs> 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 why don't you just accept, me, I'm smart? Yeah, from writing a hard exam with your friends, you're complaining to your friends. Ah, but even the ones that you can't feel even I give, That's <laughs> accept I can't fail. Just to accept. Why aren't you accepting what God has said about you? One time in the scriptures, Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to Jesus and told him, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. You know what that means? Satan had the revelation of what Jesus could do. Don't let Satan have a greater revelation about you than you do about yourself. He knew what Jesus could do and he knows what the believer can do. He knows. Praise God. Yeah, so God desires that all men be saved and that they come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, it's not enough that they're born again. No, it's not. No, my sister, she's born again. No, it's not enough. They must come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you know that any, every, any believer who hasn't come to the knowledge of the truth, the enemy can toss them about sickness can toast them about, as in demons can toast them about. So you find they are afflicted, all kinds of afflictions. And also sometimes you find that there are believers who are going through unusual problems. Very unusual. You can even tell this is witchcraft. <coughs> now, remember since sickness problems. Give me mm, this one, this one, this is witchcraft. No, because there are some believers, as in they've done it, they've prayed, they've sown seeds, they're consistent with their tithe, everything, so they've just not known the truth. No, they've not known the truth. No, they've not. When you know the truth, (laughs) no man will even have to lay hands on you to deliver you from illusion. No. One time, I was asking someone a question. (laughs) I asked him a question. Says, "Do you know that if a demon spirit is afflicting a believer, the believer himself or herself can cast it out from their own body. They don't have to wait for someone else to come and cast it out." They can cast it from their own from their own body. They can just say out and they can go. They don't have to be those man. It's in February third, woman. and you you and from the underground. You know, you search out and we ten. <laughs> Five have <of> already left. <laughs> 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 yeah, the Yeah. <laughs> Jesus wants men, women, to come to knowledge of the truth. Amen. Yeah, and Jesus said something very important about himself in John chapter number 14, verse 6. He called himself the truth. He called himself that truth. I don't know if you know what that means. I explained, I explained about this a while back. I think about two, three weeks ago. Now, Jesus calling himself the truth and him being the word of God, it simply means when he was on the earth, walking on the earth, it was God's truth walking on the earth. It means everything he was while he was on the earth is the truth of God. Let me explain something. Do you know that Jesus is the only and the totality of the representation of the Father in the scriptures? What that means is, if you want to know the nature of God in the scriptures, you don't see it through Moses. If you want to know the nature and the character of God in the scripture, you don't see it through Gideon, you say it through Jesus. Let me explain what that means. That means there are certain things that are written in the scriptures and they don't show the nature and the character of God, but yet they were done. When Jesus came, he corrected a number of things. I'll give you an example. One time, Jesus' message was not accepted in a city. And the disciples say, Lord, let's call down fire like in the days of Elijah. Remember that, right? Let's call down fire like in the, in the, in the days of Elijah. Guess what Just asked him? So what spirit are you of? Just was shocked that you could even suggest that in his presence. So if the revelation of God could be shocked, that fire could be called down from heaven. What, what makes you praise Elijah? He was What spirit are you of? Are you listening? Here." Yeah. So the fact that Moses did something, it's in the Bible, even Moses did. Well, Moses had different wives as well, why not marriage with different women as well then? <laughs> you understand? Huh? So there are certain things that were done, they simply get to show you. The, the, just like when you read the book of Acts, all right? When you get to study the book of Acts, from Acts chapter number one up to the, the last chapter, you get to notice that the church was in phases. The first part, the church was still, well, there were still babies. There so certain things were being done in a certain way later on they grew and they were doing things a little differently so there are things written to simply show you the state of the people at that stage so if you get it and get it as to as truth for yourself you would have missed it you will miss it are you listening yeah just like for example I hear a lot of people argue about things like tithing tell you, no do know the New Testament does not say anything about the apostles never say anything about he said that's just a very useless argument. I, I I'll not get into it today. Ah, useless. You know why you know one of the are, are quite useless? Because in the New Testament, the Bible doesn't even tell you to give a tenth. It tells you so they gave everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, they gave everything. The Bible records that the guys went to sell their houses and brought everything to the apostles. So if you can't give a tenth, you can't sell your house. <laughs> <laughs> he means it's just, it's a very... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> On top of that, the Bible tells you to present your whole body as a living sacrifice. Not your, not the tent of your son, your whole body. You give yourself, your body. When you're tired, give yourself to pray. It's a living sacrifice, Lord. I'm giving myself to you. The early church was They were not even just giving a tenth or a 20 They were giving everything. In fact, Ananias and Sapphira, the reason why they dropped dead is because they they decided to keep a part of it. was their, they were not selling church property, it was their personal property. Not church, personal. They were supposed to take everything to church. And because they kept a part for themselves, I don't know whether the wife wanted shoes, they had to keep a part for themselves. God looked at them and said, You've lied to the Holy Spirit. So, if people are still arguing about a death, hi, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. So, it's even better. You can even give me a death. Oh, it's even better. You um, will even thank God. Lord, take us back to with me. Let's <laughs> don't get into that. Praise God. Yeah. So, Jesus is the truth. So when you see Jesus casting out devils, it means the truth is that I can cast out devils. When you see Jesus laying hands on the sick and the sick are recover, it means I can lay hands on the sick and the sick are recovering. It means if you see Jesus speak to storms, speak to fig trees, speak to bodies, speak to all this, it means I can talk to things and things will obey me because he is the truth and he is my truth. He is my reality. What he did, what he does, I can do oh that's the truth that makes me free that's the truth that has liberated me to live an ordinary life that's the truth that has set me free to live from a life of shackles and everything and everything and i live above now because jesus has shown me that i can he is the truth when he walked the truth of god walked praise god yeah and in the final scripture that i'll give the Bible talks about something, maybe the second last scripture. The Bible talks about very, something very interesting. It says, sanctify them by the truth, thy word through the truth. That's John 17 verse 17. It says, sanctify them by the truth, it says thy word is truth. In other words, the word of God is truth. What you see in the word of God must be your truth. Anything else outside the word of God must not be your truth. Don't take anything as the truth if it's not in the word of God. Don't accept it as your truth if it's not in the word of God. If it's not in the word, it's not for you. Oh, don't. You are sending a job application. You see, it's not just a letter you are writing. You are writing with the, word in, as a, with the word of God in your heart. It's different. Are you following? Yeah. Here, the final scripture I'll give is Acts chapter number 19 verse 20. Acts chapter number 19 verse 20. Oh, this scripture excites me. Acts 19 verse 20. Let's read it together, Acts chapter number 19 verse 20. Acts chapter 19 verse 20. I have been blessed. Fine. Acts 19 verse 20. 1, two, 3, go. <laughs> Oof, if the word is truth, it means so mightily grew the truth of God. So mightily grew the truth of God and prevailed. And I remember one time I, I explained this. I, I told you to say, the word of God that hasn't grown in your heart can't prevail over you. The word that hasn't grown in, your, in your, on your mind can't prevail over your mind. If the, if see if there is pain in your leg, you can, you can allow the word of God to grow in that leg and prevail over it. Ah, I don't know if I don't know if you get it. It means in any area of your life, you can allow the word of God to grow and prevail. The truth of God's word can prevail over your mind. The truth of God's word can prevail over your body. The truth of God's word can prevail in your finances. The truth of God's word can prevail in your family. It can prevail in your academics. It can prevail in your career. The truth of God's word can prevail. And God wants it to prevail. Imagine walking throughout every day the truth of God's word is prevailing. It prevails on my mind. It prevails in my body. It prevails in every, every part of my being. It prevails. It prevails. As if, even if, let's say, your lung was failing, you get the word that says by his stripes where you were healed, and that word prevails over that lung. It prevails, prevails over everything else. I don't know if you understand that. God wants the word of God to prevail. To prevail over everything concerning you. I declare, say, the word of God prevails in me. Say it out loud, say, the word of God prevails in me. The word of God prevails through me. Yes, it means if God, if, you are, if you're a student, let's say you're at Unza, if God wants the word of God to prevail at Unza, I you that instrument that God will use to for, for the word of God to prevail there. Let's stand to your feet. How did you pray? This is our last Sunday of the year. Oh, Ooh, Shakabaya Daba.